Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, hello, hello, and welcome to another edition of Chin Up Show. This is uh, episode number 16, and on behalf of my team and I, I'd like to warmly welcome all of you. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, I can just uh, right now see across from me, uh, and I see Benji and Michelle, who are back from Osaka, and uh, I'll have the chance to interview them uh, at the third segment of uh, this episode. And uh, today, we will continue the topic on understanding youth and revisioning youth ministry. Uh, I heard from the last episode where we started the series uh, that many people have been encouraged uh, and blessed uh, and uh, receiving uh, from that episode uh, a lot of ideas and instructions. Uh, one of them is my very own uh, teens pastor, Pastor Daniel, who said, uh, I watched the whole episode, Pastor, and uh, I was really encouraged by it, and I also have felt uh, led uh, to do uh, what I need to do, or even, I think the word he used was, uh, some things you said there confirm uh, the dreams that I have on my heart for the teens ministry. So, that's good, and I hope that it will do uh, not just for my own teens and campus pastors and, and uh, my own leaders here in X Church and AYA, but I really hope uh, that uh, many, many more leaders and pastors and youth ministries throughout Malaysia and maybe even the world uh, will be equally encouraged uh, and equipped uh, by what we are doing here uh, in and through Chin Up Show. So this next few weeks, starting of course from the last episode, episode number 15, uh, we have embarked on a series called Understanding Youth and Revisioning Youth Ministry. And we just feel led uh, by God that it is an important topic uh, to touch on and uh, to give as much uh, uh, information, uh, encouragement, and education uh, to the people that are listening who are interested in youth and youth ministry. Okay, as usual, uh, the first segment is always a little bit of update uh, of how the week has been for me and for the ministry. And let me just start. Uh, well, uh, this past week has really, really just been busy uh, preparing for the X Leaders Conference and the anniversary and also the global retreat that's happening all together uh, within a span of four or five days. It starts tomorrow, Friday. Today is Thursday, uh, and we're doing this recording here at the Legacy Studios. Uh, and uh, tonight already, we'll be having a dinner to welcome uh, most of our global leaders who have arrived. And so it's going to be a great time. We're going to have uh, some really fun food 
but more importantly, we're going to fellowship and uh, we're going to have a great uh, time together. And again, uh, the purpose is to welcome uh, our wonderful heroes uh, back from uh, their places of ministry overseas. Uh, and they're here for a short time only, uh, also for the conference and the global retreat. So uh, it, it starts getting really busy from uh, this uh, half of the, of the day. Um, so uh, there was not many meetings that we could have and not many other things that could go on. Uh, so but I'll, I'll tell you a few things that went on. Uh, last Saturday, we had our ex-teens meet the parents. And uh, they, for the first time, I think, had it outside, outdoors. Uh, and uh, so I think the teens were involved as well. But while our leaders met the parents, the teens got to play uh, with each other. I don't, I don't know whether it was captain ball or something like that. And uh, they had a good time. But towards the end of the uh, meet the parents session, uh, the parents got a chance to play with the teens. And of course, the teens thought that they would win it hands down. But no, the oldies won that day. Yay! Uh, and uh, we thank God that parents uh, still have energy uh, to beat down their kids uh, at a game of cap captain ball anytime, any day. Come on. All right. So uh, at the same time, we had the Meet the Parents. We also had Timmy's AJK. For those of you who don't know what Timmy is, Timmy uh, is a, an organization we started for special needs children. But it's not just for the children. We want uh, to use this organization to be a blessing to parents and guardians and anyone who works among special needs children. Uh, and uh, so we had a good, I think it was two hours meeting. Uh, it was facilitated by Elvin, uh, who is, I think, the president uh, of uh, Timmy, uh, if not the president of the United States of America. No, I'm just kidding. He is uh, uh, one of the heads. Uh, and uh, he keeps pointing to me uh, from the back of the screen. Uh, and he's pointing at me saying, I, I am uh, the one. Uh, I'm not quite sure, because sometimes in some organizations, chairman, vice chairman, some organizations is president. The American, the American uh, societies and American uh, organizations uh, usually have president, and uh, possibly uh, we have used president for Timmy uh, because uh, you know uh, Alvin is more American than he is uh, anything else. All right, so uh, we had a great time, and we were talking about uh, especially use half of that time, half of, of the two hours or more was used just talking about our upcoming special needs uh, conference, which I think we're going to call the Autism uh, Conference. Uh, and um, it's going to be great. Uh, it's going to be in July. Is that right? Uh, and uh, Shirley just says, yep. And uh, I thought she was talking about a Chinese name. Um, and um, yeah, uh, yep, Benji is here. So yeah, that's right. Hey, uh, so... Uh, we were talking about the conference and uh, we had a really, really good conference, the first one last year. Uh, and so this will be the second one. And the first one was a runaway success. And uh, we had people from all backgrounds there. Uh, we even had our Malay friends there and uh, you know, some Indian friends there and uh, quite a few Chinese friends there. People from different uh, societies and organizations came. Uh, we had Dr. Diana Ling, I believe her full name is, uh, she came all the way from East Malaysia. She's an expert in this field. Uh, and so this year, we are believing for a double portion in every way and from every angle. So 
uh, July. July what? Uh, I might as well tell them. July 27. I think it's a Saturday, right? So those of you who are hearing me now, July 27, mark your calendar. If you have any interest at all in uh, special uh, needs children, uh, any interest in wanting to uh, know more uh, or even reach out to them or make a difference in their lives or you are running a church that, you know, suddenly has seen an influx or maybe not an influx, maybe it's just one person. There's one person who is uh, uh, special needs in uh, your church and you're thinking in your mind, hey, you know, I, I need to understand more about uh, special needs and how to, how to, um, how to approach them how to uh, minister to them. Uh, this is a great conference. You don't want to miss it. July 27. Uh, I think the venue will be in Summit. Uh, and uh, if not, uh, we will let you know. It might even be in collaboration with a university uh, and we might even have it there. Okay, but we will keep you updated. July is still a couple of months away and you will receive updates about that. Don't miss it. If you're really interested in special needs uh, and special needs ministry, uh, especially among children and also wanting to help families uh, come on the 27th of July and you will receive all the information you need. Okay, so that was a great day. Uh, we went on uh, to Reki at the Putrajaya International Convention Center and uh, you know a bigger group was there that day because we wanted all the dream teams there uh, and we wanted all the right people there, you know, from ushers, security, to our children's ministry, uh, to the ones who will be, you know, collecting the anniversary gift uh, and uh, all that. Uh, and uh, Revo store, registration. And so it was a good recce. Uh, we spent probably about one and a half hours, you know, looking at every angle and also talking about things that could go wrong uh, and uh, hoping to uh, have advanced preparation uh, so that we can overcome all things. And so we thank God for people who are committed, also who know what they're doing, and uh, most of them were there. And I believe that uh, our 24th anniversary being celebrated at Putrajaya this coming Sunday is going to be a day to remember. It's going to be history-making. It's going to go down really well, really smoothly, and it will be a, a runaway success, okay? So those of you uh, who are listening to this, remember 25th of February, this Sunday, we X Church are celebrating our 24th anniversary. If you haven't got your t-shirt, please get it soon. Uh, I think it will be made available as well at uh, PICC, Putrajaya International Convention Center. And I think we have about 400 or 500 more t-shirts to, to sell. And so, go ahead, buy one for yourself, buy one for your loved one, buy one extra one, you know, so because uh, you might, uh, you know, want to uh, wear it Two days in a row, three days in a row, uh, you want to get one wash and one uh, new fresh one to wear. Uh, I actually just bought my second one and uh, I think uh, it's a good uh, cause, not just a good uh, nice t-shirt, but it's a cause. We want to raise up at least 15,000 ringgit uh, to contribute uh, towards the cost of uh, the event in Putrajaya. And I heard that even the sound system itself will be about 15,000 ringgit. So, uh, Revo Store is committed to selling as many t-shirts as we can to raise up 15,000 ringgit to pay for the sound system. Uh, so, a, a t-shirt, one t-shirt is a minimum, minimum donation of 35 
ringgit minimum donation means you can even give 40 or 50 you can give a 50 dollar 50 ringgit note and you can say keep the change whatever it is uh, you know it is meant for helping with the cost at the Putrajaya International Convention Center all right praise god now uh, the team uh, at the office the leaders the pastors the elders uh, are really really busy uh, with the planning for our ex-leaders conference. I believe it's our first uh, ex-leaders conference. I'm not sure whether we'll have it every year. So it's not only history making, it might be one of those that we just have it once or maybe once every four years. I don't, I don't know. Uh, I need to wait upon the Lord to see what He says. Um, but um, for this year, it's taken over the ex-partners conference. I, I know a lot of you are missing the ex-partners conference and that's why we, we don't want to be quick to say that the ALC replaces the APC forever. No. Uh, I think that it's important to also have the APC, but we want to make sure that all our leaders are on the same page. Uh, and when all our leaders are on the same page, I think we can do the APC uh, well. Uh, and also, maybe within the APC, have a slot for leaders in the future. Who knows, okay? So I'm going to wait upon the Lord, seek His face, uh, ask for His leading and His direction concerning uh, 2025 and beyond. Uh, for 2024, uh, we're really, really busy and have been busy for the past weeks. If not, the last one week has been crunch time. Uh, I know Pastor Sandra at the office have been telling people, if you don't have anything else that is urgent, uh, please leave everything aside, you know, because we need all hands on deck. And even hands, uh, you know, volunteers have come in to help pack goodies uh, because we're going to give out a really nice goodie bag for all our uh, leaders. I'm not going to give it away uh, right here but uh, is, is, is going to be good, right? That's why it's called a goodie bag. And uh, everyone who gets one uh, goodie bag is going to be really, really uh, happy uh, to receive one. And many of the things that the leaders receive is going to be just exclusively for our leaders. All right. So uh, today's a really Thursday, and I want to thank all of you uh, for being so, so involved in the planning and preparation for the ALC. I want to thank our leaders uh, and our staff and also our volunteers who have been working really hard and will be working really hard in the next three, four days, maybe even five days. Those of you who are even uh, hosting our international uh, guests, uh, thank you for opening up your homes. May the Lord bless you uh, and may the Lord reward you, refresh you and bless your home even as you open up your home uh, to these servants of God. Uh, my home is open up to uh, Pastor Lazarus and Sina, uh, who, by the way, as I'm speaking now, uh, are probably already in the car with Pastor Sandra uh, from the airport going back to my house. Uh, last night uh, was a full night for me uh, as we prepared uh, their biddings and uh, the bathroom and making sure their towels and making sure uh, that uh, they will be comfortable over the next few days with us. And so, again, the Lord bless all of you for being so generous. I know there are drivers as well who are driving people around. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, may the Lord reward you uh, and help you fill up your car with petrol over and over again, even as you drive uh, people around. May the Lord be with you. May the Lord remember your sacrifices. All right, we are doing this for a good cause. And every single person that you bless and refresh, they're going to go back uh, to uh, their cities where they're serving 
and they are going to do even greater things for the Lord uh, after these next four or five days. So don't look down on what you're doing. Even when you're driving them around, helping them, uh, making life a little bit easier for them, refreshing them, uh, the Lord is going to refresh you, but the Lord is also going to use what you do. Every seed that you sow is going to really make a difference. So thank you to everybody for making a difference, not only in the next four or five days, but your difference will be felt uh, even in all the countries that our, our heroes will go back to and work uh, sacrificially uh, to be God's vessels of blessing wherever God has planted them for such a time as this. All right. Now, of course, uh, Victory Academy is still going on strong, and uh, we had a really, really good uh, overcomers devotion. We call our teachers overcomers, and all those who are involved in uh, Victory Academy, uh, we call them overcomers, not just teachers or staff. Uh, and truly, uh, we are more than overcomers through Jesus who loves us. So we had assembly uh, yesterday. We had chapel. It was a good time of chapel. Pastor Jack took the chapel. And Pastor Jack, you know, he's, he's, he's really good lah, you know, at what he does. And uh, he doesn't even have to make any jokes. And you still laugh uh, because that's Jack. Uh, and um, and uh, he's, he's funny in a serious kind of way and serious in a funny kind of way. All right. Uh, and uh, we had clubs. Uh, and the clubs was on. Uh, yesterday was the non-sports clubs. Uh, and so, uh, thank God, because I had two other meetings, which I'll tell you about, which I couldn't uh, be at the clubs because of those meetings. Uh, but thank God, it was not my turn for the clubs, meaning to say that it was non-sport, and I am involved in the pickleball club. And so, the week before uh, that, uh, we were there to train pickleball. Yesterday, it was the chess club, you know, uh, for all the righteous geeks. And uh, then we also had a uh, uh, debate uh, club, all right, uh, and led by um, uh, Rose, you know, who's really good at arguing. Uh, if you can ask uh, uh, Peng Ho, uh, he will tell you that. Uh, all the harder one ladies in X Church are, are really strong, uh, and uh, they need strong men to lead them. Uh, hallelujah, praise God. Uh, so that's just self-promotion for a minute. Uh, but harder one ladies, you know, I think all of them will be really good at debates. Uh, and uh, so any one of our other ladies could lead that debate club. Uh, so yeah, it, it's, it's not uh, always easy uh, to put your point across when they speak. Uh, but anyway, uh, we also had uh, uh, our vocal club, our music club, uh, which was also uh, very good. They had a chance to sing uh, and uh, all that. So I, I'm missing one more club. I can't remember. Uh, Compassion Club. There is a club called Compassion Club. Do you know that? Yeah, where compassionate people, uh, you know, join. Or maybe it's a, it's a club where people who don't have compassion join it so that they can get compassion. All right. No, I'm just kidding. I think all of them are very compassionate there. And it's led by our master of, uh, well, we call him MC. MC, uh, our master of compassion is uh, Peng Ho. Uh, and uh, the other MC is Mr. Chan. Uh, and, uh, and Mr. Chan, uh, and uh, and Peng Ho uh, were there to help uh, people uh, get more compassion into their lives. Actually, all of us could do a little bit of compassion, huh? a little bit more. Yeah, I can see Dawn nodding ahead. Yeah, and uh, you know, early on, uh, I was asking for tissue because I was sweating, and uh, no, no, nobody could get me tissue as quickly as Dawn because it dawned on me uh, that her 
her name Dawn means that she's the first thing you experience. Um, and so, you know, maybe if in all her life, if uh, Dawn, if you ever were the first in everything, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's just because that's your name. Okay, now as I close this segment on uh, updates, uh, I want to talk to you about uh, that meeting that I had. Uh, well, two meetings I had yesterday. One meeting uh, was with Simon, or sometimes they call him Simon, uh, and uh, his wife, uh, Mika or Micah. Uh, and uh, both of them are uh, from Germany. And uh, they were uh, at lunch with me and my wife, Pastor Sandra. And uh, they were wanting to update us on what God is doing in their lives. They had a really, really challenging 2023. We believe that God is just closing that chapter for them. And they are here prophetically and symbolically to, um, you know, uh, experience that closing of the chapter uh, and the beginning of a new one. And they are asking me, Pastor, you know, do you see us, do you still see us involved in ex-Germany? And I said to them, yes. Uh, of course, we have um, Brother Gert and Sister Doris who are going to be the ones who will anchor ex-Germany. I believe it will start this year um, with also ex-London, Bristol and Edinburgh you know, backing it up. Uh, but uh, uh, Simon and uh, Mika or Micah uh, is uh, or are also very interested. Uh, they are praying about it and they are getting closer and closer uh, to wanting to make a decision to just move from wherever they are and just uh, join in uh, the uh, pioneering uh, process of ex-Germany. So pray for uh, Simon and Mika uh, and uh, pray with them uh, because I believe they are coming closer and closer to a decision. Uh, and uh, when they come to it, they said they are ready to make those sacrifices uh, and uh, you know, just you know, be part of ex-Germany. Uh, and uh, we are really excited about that. Then, of course, my next meeting, uh, was with Benji, uh, who I will be commissioning this Sunday. Uh, and uh, he will uh, join the pastoral team. Uh, and uh, he and his wife uh, will be commissioned. Uh, Michelle, his wife, was the campus pastor. And when she was no longer the campus pastor uh, for X Church, uh, I called her up and said, uh, Michelle, uh, we will uh, remove you uh, from the pastoral team uh, for uh, a while uh, because, you know, we don't just uh, call people pastor when they're not uh, doing any uh, specific pastoral work. Uh, so we, we, we are a church that is, is able to take up uh, a pastoral position when there is the need. And we are also a church that's able to let go. We are we're not bound to our title. Uh, our, our, our identity is not found in our title. And I, for one, will be very, very quick to give up my pastor, uh, even title, because in heaven, they will not know me as Pastor Kenneth. In heaven, they will just know me as Kenneth. So I, I, I want to make sure that that's not just me, but everyone in our church is okay taking something up and letting it down because we are not bound to our title. Uh, and so Pastor Michelle was saying, yeah, Pastor, anything that you think uh, is right, uh, let's do it. <coughs> and so, you know, it's very hard to stop people from calling her Pastor Michelle. Uh, some people call her PM, you know. Uh, 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 but it's very different from PMX, okay? Um, she is PM, and uh, they call her PM, and, and it's very hard to change people's habit. So even though a person is no longer a pastor, people might still call you a pastor, and that's fine. I, I find that people just out of respect will call you that. Uh, but I, I, it will be my great pleasure uh, to get Benji and Michelle out 
to the front this Sunday and commission them both. One as the lead pastor of uh, Ex Osaka and the other as the associate pastor of Ex Osaka. So you heard it here first uh, at uh, the Legacy Studios, all right? So there's no turning back. Uh, and, uh, you know, no matter what, uh, there is no turning back. All right, praise God. So that's all uh, I have in store for us at segment number one. Uh, this is episode 16, and you have just heard the update from me for the past week. When we come back, I'm going to continue the uh, discussion on understanding youth and revisioning youth ministry. See you soon. Church family and friends, I'm standing on a very iconic place in Malaysia. This is the Putrajaya International Convention Center, and we have just been given the green light to use it for our 24th anniversary. How amazing is this breakthrough that God has led us to a place so wonderfully significant in our nation. I'm looking forward to seeing all of you here. Bring your friends, bring your family, bring your neighbors. Let's praise Him together in this place. Remember, the date is the 25th of February 2024, our 24th anniversary. Looking forward to seeing all of you. Come, everybody. Come, let's celebrate together. Okay, welcome back from the break. Uh, this is episode number 16. And uh, we are talking about understanding youth and revisioning youth ministry. Now, if you are blessed in any way from this uh, particular series that we are doing, please drop us a line. Please drop us a comment. Please let us know because we don't just want to know for knowing's sake. We also want to be praying with you and asking that God will bless your investments and your efforts to reach the young people. That's our passion. Uh, whichever church that does it, whichever organization that does it, at the end of the day, we want young people to live a better version of themselves and to fulfill every dream that God has in store for them. That's our passion. 
We don't get any money for, from it. I don't even get paid for it. Uh, but uh, I've been doing this for years and we love young people and to see them live their dreams in God uh, is my payment. Uh, and so uh, that's why we continue to do this, people. And I pray that it will be multiplied and you who are uh, listening to this podcast and watching will also be able to impact many more lives and so that Malaysia will not just be another nation where you know, people look down on or uh, we're not proud of it and just wanting to get out of this nation and leave for another country that we think is greener on the other side. We will be proud to be Malaysians and proud that Malaysia has got uh, God uh, looking out and looking after us and totally interested in Malaysians and Malaysian youth and young people all across this nation. And uh, we are not second-class uh, citizens. We're not second-class nation. We're not a second-class group of young people. We are young people made in the image of God. And uh, we believe that God can do great things, amen, through the young people here in this nation and even through this nation. So let's begin. Uh, last week, uh, I said that teenage years can be the most difficult time. The most difficult time. Uh, not just for the teen, but also for the parent. And also everyone involved. Okay, We're talking about teachers. We're talking about friends, neighbors. Brothers, sisters, uh, what happens? You know, the teenager suddenly from a young innocent child becomes an alien uh, as soon as he or she hits 12, 13. Suddenly, you know, they, their mood changes. Suddenly, you know, they're not interested uh, in the things that they used to be interested in. Suddenly, you know, they're not interested in the food that mom used to cook for them. Suddenly, they become quiet when they once were so noisy. Suddenly, you know, instead of going out, they want to stay in their room and their room becomes their sanctuary. Uh, suddenly, you know, they uh, begin to be uh, indifferent uh, and uh, not wanting to talk, not wanting to share. Uh, when you ask a teenager, how is school? Like that, you know? Or, uh, okay. <laughs> and, uh, you know, mom and dad begins to panic, right? Uh, my son used to talk to me about everything and now son doesn't want to say anything to you. Uh, your daughter used to share everything to you. And now, you know, even her first uh, crush, right? She tells her friend first and her mother or father knows last that my daughter had a crush on this guy at school. Uh, the teenagers don't want to share and they become like so totally isolated and indifferent and they become like aliens in the house. Uh, and uh, so it's a difficult time. And yet, we know that teenagers have been the total opposite as well. They have been passionate. They have been focused on something that they believe in, engaged, totally invested, on fire for God. Uh, and uh, of course, uh, we asked the question uh, last week, uh, with teenage life being so important, does the Word of God have anything to say about it? And uh, we went straight into the life of Jesus when He was 12. He was found in the temple in Jerusalem after having been lost for three days. Lost in the sight of the world, but found in the sight of God. And sometimes we can really feel like lost. You know, like, what is going on with our teenager? And we feel so lost. And that is the, 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 the stage that teenage life, uh, you know, uh, is uh, a lostness. Not only for the teenager, but for everyone involved. But it can also be in God's eyes uh, a time when you are found. Found in God's presence. And that's exactly where Jesus was at 12. Uh, lost for three days, but found in the temple. 
And so the Bible has got something to say about it and something very powerful because it uses Jesus as a teenager. Now, what better example do we need? Jesus as a teenager or entering the teenage years. And in fact, many will argue that at 12 already, you have a teenager in your hands. Sometimes they start at 10 and 11, you know, sitting right at the back of your children's church, right? Folding their hands at 10 years old like, ah, this is too childish for me. Childish, you're only 10, right? Uh, so our children are growing up faster these days. And uh, by 12, you know, you already have a teenager in your hands. So Jesus was 12. And uh, the Bible speaks about that time. And why does the Bible speak about that time? The Bible, we understand as Christians, have no accidents. The Bible have no, just because there were extra pages, let's just write something. No. Every time you read something in the Bible, God meant you to read it. He means you not only to read it, but to study it. And so Jesus, his life, only three times uh, was sort of brought to light in the Bible. And so these three times are important. The time that he was born and his child, uh, toddler years, uh, the three wise men did not come to the manger. Uh, the Bible actually speaks about the three uh, wise men seeing that star. That star uh, was uh, up in the heavens uh, when Jesus was born. But it took some time for the three wise men, the three kings of Orient land, to follow that star. And when they finally came to Jesus, the Bible says he was already a child, the child Jesus. So read that for yourself, right? He was a baby in the manger, and by the time the three wise men came to him, he was a child. And when uh, uh, Herod sent uh, people to kill uh, children because he did not want another king uh, in the form of Jesus, he sent uh, people to kill children two years old and below. That means uh, uh, Jesus was already probably about two years old when uh, you know, the assassination of children happened and uh, the enemy wanted to wipe out a whole generation. That's right. When the enemy is really, really afraid of a particular generation, he will try to wipe it out. And I'm telling you right now, the enemy has been trying to wipe out whole generations. Today, he's trying to wipe out generations with drugs and alcohol and pornography and all kinds of things. And even with LGBT, yes, I, I'm bold enough to say it out there, uh, you know, just a, a, a mess up of people's identity so that he can kill a whole uh, generation, a generation that does not know its true identity is a generation that does not have true authority. And when you don't have an identity and don't have authority, then you will not make a difference in your generation. Okay? I just want to let you know that. So the enemy has been trying to introduce all kinds of things to wipe out a generation. Those of us who are still alive today are alive just like Jesus was spared. God spared Jesus' life for a great mission. So I want you to know, young people, especially out there who are watching me, your life has been spared for a mission. Many of your other friends has been killed, quote-unquote, by the enemy, put aside, uh, made of no effect, you know, robbed of their power, robbed of their ide identity and, and, and authority. But you are alive for a reason. Parents, you are alive for a reason. God also, uh, you know, God also spared you. The enemy tried to wipe out your generation. Now, I was born in the 70s, 1970 to be exact. And uh, uh, according to stats, uh, earlier uh, in those years that we were reading uh, those stats, it said that there was another onslaught of the enemy. Uh, there was uh, no greater onslaught of children 
uh, since the time on remember there were two uh, onslaughts of the enemy uh, in uh, the past. One was Jesus' time because the enemy could feel that God was going to raise up a savior. But the other time that the enemy tried to wipe out all children was in Moses' time. So the enemy went in and wiped out all the children. All right, uh, went and killed all the children, especially the Jewish children. But God spared Moses. So every time God is about to raise up a savior, the enemy will feel it. He doesn't know exactly what God is doing, but he will feel it like a savior is about to come and he will try to wipe out the savior, but God will always preserve that savior. So in my time when I was born, uh, there was a stats that I, I read that uh, the greatest number of baby killing, either through abortion or through war, uh, was never seen again until uh, the 1970s, uh, late 1960s and early 1970s. So I would uh, presume that God had a plan for my life, that He preserved me even though many babies didn't make it and many children didn't make it. The enemy will try, but God, hallelujah, will always preserve His own. Praise the Lord. Amen. God is a good God. So you are alive for a reason. So we are talking about a youth ministry that's preserved by God one that we want to build, how do we build a youth ministry that will find our young people in the temple? Especially at times when they feel lost. See, people always want to leave church when they feel lost. But I want to tell you right now, when you feel lost, the best place to be is in church. Alright? So, how do you build a youth ministry that will find your young people in the temple learning and answering questions even when they are, they are lost. And how do you build a ministry? Uh, this is what we talked about last uh, Thursday. How do you build a youth ministry that sends young people home? Because Jesus went from Jerusalem. He was found by his parents after three days. And the Bible says, of course, Jesus said the famous words, uh, why do you seek me? Don't you know I must be about my father's business? So even at 12, Jesus knew his purpose at 12. So young people, you want to build a youth ministry where young people, even at 12, 13 years old, already know their purpose. I know a lot, a lot of young people are still trying to find their, their purpose at 18. But you know, at 12, if the youth ministry is really on and on fire and really knowing their mission and their, their ministry, young people should be able to find their purpose and their passion even at 12, 13, 14. Okay, so how do you build that kind of ministry? And don't forget, Jesus went home to be with his parents and submitted to them. And the Bible says he grew in stature, in wisdom, in favor with God and with men. So we talked about all that last Thursday. You and I want to build a youth ministry that sends young people, come on, home. Too many youth ministries are trying to just become a great youth ministry on Saturday. You try to put all the investment there, all the money there, sound, lights, uh, stage, uh, you know, uh, technology, all that just to give your young people a great two hours, like a wonderful, glorified babysitting service. And we don't understand that we are, the best service is to send them home. The best service to send them home on fire, send them home equipped, send them home educated, send them home with the word of God, send them home with the truth that sets them free, send them home 
not so that they can behave for two hours, but they can behave as children of God and their parents will go, wow, what did you do with my children? And you don't have to say, I just put together a $1 million budget of sound system and got them jumping. No, I'm telling you right now, all those youth ministries that are listening to me right now, you don't even have a thousand ringgit for your budget. You are in some small town in, I don't know, Moa or Kluang or Sabak Bernam, you know, or some place in Trenganu, you know, where I know, I know churches are facing all kinds of problems in the East Coast. And, you know, we don't hear of great Christian movements in the East Coast. But fear not, because our God is great and God will move in the East Coast and anywhere for that matter. But you must not try to build your youth ministry on big days and big budgets and big sound. No, don't do that. You can be a small church with a big heart. You can have a small sound, just one guitar, with big worship. And God is seeking, not for sound and lights, He's seeking for those who will worship Him in spirit and truth. So what is spirit? Spirit is versus flesh. And too many of us are moving in youth ministry on our flesh. But He is not seeking for those of us who will worship Him in flesh. But in spirit. And the spirit always is against the flesh. The flesh always against the spirit. So please, make your worship spiritual. And in truth. Why? Because truth is according to God's word. And when we know the truth, the truth will set us free. And so send your young people home, people. Send them back to their schools. Let them shine in their homes. Shine in their schools. It's no use that they shine just for two hours at the youth ministry and then they are devils at home and useless at schools. And I, when I say useless, I don't mean they're not getting 10 A's, but they're not shining for Jesus. They're not loving their friends and their teachers. You know, there's no revolution. Revel. Revel at schools. So what if you have revel in two hours in the youth group? I mean, who cannot do that? Right? So we want to talk about revisioning youth ministry. Alright? And don't forget, it was not at the temple in those three days that uh, Jesus was lost that the Bible says He grew. The Bible says the elders and the teachers who were listening and teaching were amazed at the 12-year-old boy by his answers and by his questions. They were amazed. So maybe in the short <laughs> youth ministry Saturday, yeah, we can all be amazed. Alright? That's, that's alright. Be amazed. But if you're talking about growing, the Bible speaks about Jesus growing only after He went home. He went home, submitted to His parents, and then grew in stature, wisdom, favor with God and men. So, don't expect your young people just to grow and don't look for growth just in two hours. Look for growth from Monday, come on, to the next Saturday. Are you with me? This is youth ministry we want. And again, when they are lost, they're not found in a gaming center. They're not found in a sports center. When they're lost, they're not found in some place, you know, shooting up drugs into their veins. They, when they're lost, and when you have lost them, 
and you don't know what to do with them, they are found, come on, in the temple, in the presence of God. Give them a real sense of love for God. That's right. Youth ministry, listen to me. Listen to my heart. Try your best in all that you do to give them a real love for God. And the only way you can give them a real love for God is let them experience God themselves. Let them encounter God themselves. Let them do stuff for God. Let them go on missions. Let them see for themselves. Don't do everything for them. You know, the young people today are so pampered. Huh? Parents, your fault as well. You know, when I watched the show on the, the dog whisperer, you know what the dog whisperer usually says? The problem is not with the dog. The problem is with the dog owner. And so, most of the time, the problem is not with the teenager. It's with the guardian. It's with the parents. So stop pampering them. Stop living out their faith. Give them a real experience. You know, allow them to go out and serve. Allow them to serve in church on Sunday. Don't stop them. Don't say, oh, this year SPM year. So what? You know, SPM year means cannot go to church. Uh. You know, stop doing that. Stop robbing your young people's faith. Stop dictating their faith. Let them taste God for themselves because I'm telling you right now, you cannot be with your young people forever. So you want to give them a true, real, genuine, raw, real experience and encounter with God. When your young people encounter God, they will love Him because they will know His love for themselves. Give them that. And I tell you what, until they are old, they will never forsake the church, they will never forsake God, they will serve Him and they will say like you are saying, parents, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Okay? So, uh, I want to say to you as I go into this session, uh, after I've done the biblical uh, example of uh, youth ministry, I want to today talk about, excuse me, um, what teens want versus what they need. And this will be part one of this and I'll continue part two because I want to end this segment quickly and then pass it on to an interview that I'll have uh, with uh, four people today, Benji, Michelle, uh, Pastor Stephen, and also Chan. All these started when they were young, and we don't just want to hear from me, we want to hear from them. Uh, what teens want versus what they need. Very important. Again, parents sort of know what teens want. <laughs> because teens will either tell you what they want or they will show their displeasure at not getting what they want. And then therefore, you know what they want. But can I tell you, youth ministry does not exist for young people's wants. It exists for their needs. There is a difference. There is a difference. You know, I've been doing youth ministry now for over 30 years. And by the grace of God, God has used my life to touch many young people. And today, <clears throat> they are touching other young people. So I know a few things and I'm still learning. And from the things I've learned, I want to share with you. I praise God that some things haven't changed for centuries. Why? Because we're still dealing with people's hearts. And hearts, even though 
environment changes. Situations changes. Circumstances change. Things get modernized. Technology, you know, is improving and growing at lightning speed. And yet God has made us human beings with hearts that really doesn't change that much in its foundational needs. For example, the need for love doesn't change for generations. The need for acceptance. The need for security. The need for significance. The need for believing in something and giving yourself to it wholeheartedly. The need to make something out of your life so that you don't regret and feel like your life is a waste. All these things. The heart really doesn't change or the need of the heart. And that's why youth ministry can continue for generations. Even though we might not always be experts at what young people want. You know, for me right now, if you gave me the text of a young person, I will go, wow, I didn't know they spoke tongues. Uh, because I probably won't understand half of what the young people are saying. But that doesn't mean I cannot do youth ministry. I might not know the language, the technology. And I'm speaking to that auntie out there in some small town who's saying, I don't know whether I can do youth ministry because I don't understand 90% of what happens with them. But I'm telling you, dear sister, I'm telling you, dear uncle, dear brother, maybe you are 67 and you're the only one that is there because you're the only one that shows interest to the young people and they say, okay, you be the youth director. And you go, I'm 67. What do I know about youth? Listen, youth ministry is not about giving young people what they want. Parents can do that. <laughs> iPhone can do that. Just keep on creating things that young people like and want. No. Other people can do that. We exist to meet the needs of the heart that has for generations not changed. So, let's start part one. Are you ready? I'm going to give you four points. And then next week, by the grace of God, I'm going to introduce to you six points. Uh, but here we go. What teen wants and what they need. Number one. Teens may want freedom. Yeah. Familiar? Parents? Teachers listening? Is it familiar? I want more freedom. Freedom to spend time with my friends. Freedom to do what I like. <laughs> Don't stifle me. Don't rob me of my freedom. I want more freedom to sleep whatever time I want. Freedom to study what I want. Freedom to choose my friends, etc., etc. Teens may want more freedom. Let me tell you what they really need. What they really need is trust. 
when a young person is asking for more freedom, actually really, what he or she is asking for is, Mom, Dad, trust me more. So, if you, cheat, if you keep giving them more freedom as in more time and, and don't understand that actually what they need is your trust, then you might be feeding the wrong appetite. And young people with too much freedom, <coughs> not realizing that actually what their real hunger for is trust, you will find you will be feeding a monster. And after a while, you go like, I gave my child all that he wanted, more freedom. And now he's taking drugs. And now he's spending time with the wrong friends. Listen, parents, it's not the appetite of freedom that you need to feed. It's the appetite of trust. Do you trust your kids? Will you trust them more? Will you give them responsibilities that could increase that trust? Let them earn that trust a little bit. Not to say that you know they must always earn everything from you. No. But young people need to understand that actually some of these very important um, gifts, even in the form of trust, that we give to our young people must be earned. Give them, give them a task and say, well done with this task. A. I'll trust you with B. Well done with B. I'll trust you with C. Well done with C. Here's my Mercedes Benz. Go drive this one because you were so good with the Proton Saga. Are you all still with me? And, and your children will learn, wow, actually, you know, it's a principle. If I can be faithful with the little things, God will give me more. God will trust me with more. It's biblical. That's number one. Number two, teens may want a handphone, an iPad. So, they're always asking for a new handphone, right parents? And you get angry because you think they want a handphone. You think they want a smart tab. Mom, iPhone 16 has come out. iPhone 15 is trash. Come on, mom. My friends also have iPhone 16. In fact, iPhone 17 is coming. I'm prophesying. No, I'm not. It'll, it'll come out, right? You know it. It's one of those easy things to prophesy. Because you know it'll come out. Because you know the people out there are for your children. Very, very easy, right? A lot of people out there are coming up with products for young people. And when young people have no identity, no authority, no security, no sense of like, I'm okay. Do you know my iPhone? Someone just asked me the day, what is your iPhone password? I said, I don't know. I just know how to use it. You know why? Because it's a communication tool. And as long as I can communicate, that's it. I'm very, very small on um, material things. Material things never define me. <clears throat> so, Elder Kenya said, Pastor, I think we need to get you the latest because you keep taking videos and all that. You know, now you're putting it on TikTok. And I said, never mind. Like, this one, can st- it can still work. No, the other one is sharper, Pastor. I said, whenever you're ready to give me a, a fresh iPhone, you can do it. I won't, I won't reject it, but I'm okay. Now, we want all our young people to be okay. Now, listen. They might want a handphone. So now let me give you the need. The need is they actually need communication. 
young people want to communicate. Young people need to communicate. Young people need to be engaged. If you, the parent, are having a really good discussion with your kid, you know your, your kid doesn't even need to look at his handphone? You know why the kid is looking at his handphone? You know why your teenager is looking at her handphone? Because maybe they're not talking at the dinner table. Actually, they don't really need that handphone or that latest handphone. They just need to talk. Please don't equate giving your child a handphone with the fact that you are communicating. Engage. They need engagement. I remember a family tried this. They said, how in the world do we get our kids off their handphone at dinner time? And so God gave them some ideas and they began to make cards and the cards would ask questions like, what's your favorite food? Uh, and things like that. You know? What are your dreams for your life, your future? And dad and mom also agreed not to use their handphone during dinner time. And they said to their kids, who reluctantly agreed with some you know, pushback for the first two dinners. And by the 10th dinner, the parents reported that my children now don't even bring their handphones to the table because we have a box of cards where we pick it out and the son will say, okay, dad, I have a question for you. You know, how did you fall in love with mom? And dad will say, oh, wow. Okay, well, back in school, blah, 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 blah. And then dad gets to pick out a card and go like, okay, I have a question for my daughter. Daughter, what kind of guy would you marry one day? You know, and the daughter said, oh, right. And they started talking. The 12th dinner, the 15th dinner, the 20th dinner, the 50th dinner. They, and none of the kids missed their handphone during dinner time. But the day came when the kids were grown and they no longer had dinner with their parents. And when you ask the kids, what do you miss most? They said, we miss most about having those conversations with our parents during dinner. We used to have, have them every night. Now we don't have them anymore, not as frequent. And uh, the kids are trying now to uh, exercise that in their own family. Some of you are saying, no, my kids will never be able to give up their handphone. No, it's not the handphone that they really want. It's commun communication and engagement that they really need. Number three, teens may want excitement. Everything must be excited, right? Woo! So they're always talking like this. They're always saying, Ay, yeah, this uh, youth ministry not exciting lah. Compared to, you know, the church in KL, that particular church, that particular church. You know, our sound, yeah, not exciting lah. Our lights, not exciting lah. You know, our material that we're doing Bible study with, not exciting lah. You know, they compare, they compare, they compare. They look at other people, they compare. They look at their neighbors, they compare. Our family, not so exciting lah. You know, we don't really get to go for trips. Wow, you know, my neighbor just went to Disneyland last year. You know, we don't get to go anywhere. Not exciting, not exciting. My parents, not exciting, right? And you think they want excitement in their, in their lives. And so our youth ministries keep building our youth ministry on excitement. 
they're so stressed out <laughs> because it keeps getting more and more expensive. After a while, you're running out of ideas and so do you, have, you have to buy ideas now from the internet. You have to buy ideas now from other churches. You have to, you know, and, and, and uh, you think that paper and pencil is not enough anymore. Uh, you, you think that, you know, just whatever you have is not sufficient because we are so bound by this lie that our young people actually only want excitement and only when there is excitement, like a growing addiction to excitement. And so your drug becomes more and more lethal, if not more and more expensive. Once upon a time, it was, it was just cigarettes and they go, ooh, this is good. And then suddenly, cigarettes are not enough and then it becomes ganja, right? <laughs> and I'm talking in terms of how we want to build our ministries. And then ganja is not high enough and so they try uh, cocaine and then ice and then things that give them a quick, quick fix and there are too many youth ministries out there that are giving their young people quick fix. And I'm saying to you right now, you're on the wrong path. You're barking up the wrong tree. Young people may want excitement. What they really need is meaning. Purpose. They're looking for meaning. Are our youth ministries giving our young people meaning and purpose? Because I find that when you build your youth ministry around meaning, is this meaningful? Is this meaningful? That would be sufficient to overcome the addiction to excitement. Because within meaning is excitement. Within purpose is the satisfaction of an itch for something that makes sense in my life. And so that's why when you take young people out to care for the poor, for example, and in that activity, there's no great excitement. You're, going, you're taking them to uh, a poor community. There is no Coca-Cola there. There is nothing, no air conditioning. But why do young people come back from missions or come back from a compassionate act and get so excited, they tell everybody, you know, yesterday I was there and I saw a kid, uh, I, I keep complaining about my shoes and this kid had no slippers. And why do they come back from a trip like that so excited? Because what they really found is meaning. They found purpose, that I now find purpose in my life. And that gives them excitement because now they're looking forward to touching another life, to giving food. And they won't be complaining about their food. Oh, mom, McDonald's again. Uh, you know, oh, mom, French fries again. They won't be. Why, why do young people do that? It's because when there's no meaning and no purpose, then they look for that kind of excitement whereby it has to be different plate of food every day. No, hold on. Let them see another young person who has no food. And let them bring a packet of McDonald's to them and see the young person going, thank you so much, you know. Tears going down the face of a, a poor young boy who have never had McDonald's before, never tasted one French fries. And yet, let the young people, let the young people who complain about eating McDonald's every week look at the other young person and go like, I'm so blessed. I'm so, I'm so fortunate. Look at my shoes. Look at my handphone. These young people haven't even seen the handphone. 
You know, I complain about my Wi-Fi being slow. And these young people don't even have internet in their kampong. And, 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 and what happens is that young people go home excited about what they've done, about how they've made a difference in this world. And they can't wait for another mission trip. They can't wait for another, let's build something. Let's put nice things in a box. You remember, Ex-Teens has got this shoebox project, right? Why young people come together and fill up those boxes? Because it brings excitement when you think about someone else. You know who gets more excited when you buy a gift? Let's ask that question right now. When you buy a gift for a person you love, can I ask you who gets more excited? The truth is, is the person who buys the gift. When I buy a gift for my wife or when I think about a, a surprise, you know, I can't sleep every day. I'm the one who can't sleep every day. My wife doesn't even know about the surprise yet. And when my, my wife receives it, she goes, yay! Or maybe she goes, like, oh, not the color I want, right? But you know who's excited? We are so excited that when we give the gift to our loved one, we want them to open it now. Hey, open now, la, open now. La. And the person says, no, la, no, 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 wait until Christmas. No, la, open now, la, open now. No, no, I'll wait until tonight. La. No, la, open now. Wait, I'll wait until tomorrow, la, Christmas Day. No, la, open now. Right? We are excited to see the expression on their face. Because it gives us great satisfaction when other people are happy. It gives us great satisfaction when other people are happy, especially the people that we love. You want to give excitement to your young people, your youth ministry? Help them find meaning and purpose. Finally, for today, teens may want to join a gang. I want to join a gang. It could be gangster gang, which is something you, you pray against. Or it could just be a group uh, in school. A popular group. Girls get very affected about this, I know. Uh, they want to join the cool group and be accepted. Uh, and you go like, hey, daughter, you know, don't, don't worry, la, you know, it's okay. Uh, you are you. <laughs> and, you know, God loves you, right? Sometimes even that doesn't work. And you give them a Bible study about identity. And they go to school every time they see, you know, it, it is the popular girls that are getting all the attention. It's the popular girls that are, you know, looking good and getting all the encouragement. You know, wow, so beautiful, uh, wow, you know, new fashion, wow, new shoes, wow, you know. And your daughter is being slowly but surely swept away by the lie of popularity. Your son wants to join a sports team, not because he likes that sport, but because he found out that the best basketball players in his school gets the most attention. Uh, they're the most good-looking. They get the most girls, you know. So, you think that your young people want to join a gang. And we're talking about the difference between want and need. So let's, let's, let's close this segment. Let me tell you the real truth. The truth is that they might look like they want to join a gang, but actually what they need is belonging. Belonging. They want to belong. 
They want to be a part of something that makes them feel a part of something. So, if we could, in our youth ministries, give young people a sense of belonging, it takes away the need or the want to join a gang. Especially a gang that would not be good for them. Actually, when I look at it, right, even a church is a gang, but a good gang. A mission team that goes out is a gang out to do good. A team that goes out to plant a church is a gang focused on building a church. So, it's not that gangs are wrong, but it's, it's, it's which gang? Which gang will you be a part of today? I'm glad to say that for me and my wife, we are part of God's gang. And as long as God is pleased with our lives, we, we're not worried who, who are displeased with us. Because there's a statement here in uh, Acts Church that says, if you please God, it doesn't, mean, it doesn't matter who you displease. But if you displease God, it doesn't matter who you please. So, uh, we want to we teach our young people to be part of God's gang. And to find belonging there. Even if it's just Him and God. Because when one plus God, we heard it said before, you are the majority. So, uh, youth ministries, find a way to bring belonging. Make sure that there's no one in your youth group, even if your youth group is only 10 people, that feels lost or isolated or that they don't belong. Uh, create that belonging. And you don't have to create belonging with a big budget. Belonging can be found in a mama shop where everybody is having a good roti chanai together because it's not about the mama shop, it's not about the roti chanai, it's about the feel and the sense that I'm accepted into this group, that they love me and that they accept me for who I am. And I don't have to be somebody else. I can be myself. I can be myself and this group accepts accepts me as who I am. So, there you go. Four uh, quick points uh, to understand uh, the wants and needs of teenagers and how our youth ministries can really make a difference. We're going to take a short break and we're going to come back with our final segment where we will interview four of our leaders and ask them uh, what they think about what teens and young people need. See you soon. Hello, Axe Church. Welcome to this week's LOL Highlights, handpicked just for you.
Before we continue, let's check out these stats first. This week is your last to submit before the Axe Leaders Conference. Here are the three ways that you can participate. Number one, compose a heartfelt message. Number two, design your own unique card. And number three, record a video of yourself. Scan this QR code to submit your messages. Let's weave this tapestry of appreciation together. Your messages, your cards, your videos. Together, let's love out loud. For more assistance, you can look out for one of our LOL ambassadors at the end of this worship service. Again, and uh, we are now at segment three, the last segment for episode 16. And as you can see, I have precious, precious guests, in-house guests, I call them, because uh, they are part of our organization. And uh, so uh, let me, uh, first of all, introduce uh, people on my right, your left. Uh, we have Benji and Michelle, who are back from Osaka for uh, the yeah. X-Leaders Conference anniversary as well as a global retreat. So welcome back. Mm. Hi, Pastor. Pastor. Thanks, Pastor. Good to be here. Good to be back. Yeah, and uh, Michelle uh, is uh, pregnant, and uh, Benji and Michelle are blessed. Uh, this is going to be their first uh, child, yeah. and uh, we are so uh, so happy for them. Uh, they are also treated very well in Japan. I heard <laughs> that uh, when you came through the immigration and all that, they treated you very well. <laughs> yeah, fast lane. <laughs> fast lane. The only other time you can get fast lane if you sit first class <coughs> and business class. Or now, you know, if you get pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's very fast lane. So the only thing is that, of course, after a certain month, you can't travel anymore, right? Yeah. Maybe seventh or eighth or something like that. Yeah, but uh, good to have you back. Yeah, thanks, thanks uh, And uh, we want to now go to uh, my left, your right. Uh, and we have uh, with us uh, Pastor Stephen uh, and uh, Chan. Uh, Pastor Stephen is the uh, church plant coordinator for X Banda Utama, yeah. XBU for short, or Abu even for shorter. Yeah, Abu. Uh, and uh, <laughs> we started the church maybe about a year ago. A year and a half. A year and a half already. Wow, time yeah. really flies. Yeah. Uh, and Chan, uh, Chan is the uh, church plant coordinator for X Sri Kembangan, yeah, or XSK, or even shorter, Ask. <laughs> uh, ASK, yeah. Ask. And they're always asking, uh, for God uh, to uh, move Amen. Uh, in their community. Uh, and China, the church uh, XSK would be... One year, three months. One year, three months. Uh, wow, yeah. I was going to say six months, you know. <laughs> but actually, I was there to yeah, celebrate yeah. Anniversary. the yeah, first right. birthday. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we celebrate the first birthday actually at uh, and, camp. Yeah, at the camp. At the camp. Yeah. All right, fantastic. And I was there at uh, Japan, Osaka, to celebrate uh, the second... First, 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 anniversary. Uh, first anniversary, and I was there last maybe October. October, so October, uh, and uh, it was really, really good to be uh, with you. Of course, Pastor Sandra was with me, uh, and so uh, let's get straight into it. Uh, this um, series, uh, including what we're talking about today, uh, is talking about understanding youth uh, and uh, revisioning youth ministry, uh, and I've invited you on this show today because. Uh, all of you started when you were young people yourself. In fact, today you're still young, uh, but we're talking about even in your teenage years, uh, because even at campus student, uh, you're still 18, 19, so there's a team mm. at the back there. 
so you can remind me of your stories today, uh, but also as you tell uh, a little bit of your story about when you were a young person, uh, you know, uh, what happened that made you join us as a church, but also after that join the mission of the church, mm -hmm. leading to the place whereby today all of you are church planters. Mm. Uh, and of course, X Church is big on church planting, uh, but many people have not heard about young people planting churches. Maybe when they are in their 20s at the earliest. Maybe out straight after Bible school, uh, or maybe when they are retired. Mm. Okay? Uh, but very seldom they hear people start uh, young, and very seldom even without a Bible degree which all of us at this table don't have. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's not something we are proud of, uh, because if we could, we would. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but we are proud of the fact that God can use us yeah. mm. who don't have all the traditional yeah. requirements. Yeah. Mm. Uh, we just have faith, we have obedience, uh, and we also had things that was invested into us. Yeah. So um, you were seated here also uh, when I was doing my last segment, and you probably heard me uh, giving people a sense that there is a difference between want and need. Yep. And this uh, church and this ministry, AYA, has been big on that, focused on that for as long as I know. Mm -hmm. uh, because I used to ask God, God, how long will I do this for? Uh, when I turn 50, will I still do this? Because I might not understand youth as mm -hmm. much. And he says, you will always understand youth. And I go, like, what? Why, what do you mean? He says, because people think that understanding youth is understanding their lingo, their, their, their fashion, and all that changes. Yeah. Uh, but their hearts don't. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so the Lord said to me, when I call you into ministry, you are ministering to people's hearts at the end of the day. Because God looks at the heart. Yeah. And the heart is really the real person. Mm -hmm. And when the heart is in the right place, it's a good place, healthy place. When the heart has forgiven, when the heart has loved, you know, uh, when the heart has given people a second chance, etc., etc., you know it starts from the heart. Yep. Uh, and so when you minister to the heart, you're ministering to the whole person. Mm. Uh, and, uh, or, or at least that's where it starts. Mm. Uh, and also that's where it ends. Uh, because when the heart is dead, you know, then everything else dies. And yep. Not just the physical heart, but the spiritual heart. So uh, God said to me, no matter how old you are, you will always be uh, relevant to youth because you know what makes their heart tick. Mm. And if you can minister to the, uh, the condition of the heart, if you can... Uh, touch at the heartstrings, as it were, uh, we're going to continually be successful. Mm. So, um, why I invited you is, yeah, well, first of all, because all of you started when you were young, but also I want you to go backwards and tell us what is it about uh, the youth ministry or uh, the church or the organization that you were part of uh, in your early years that uh, made you uh, who you are today. Uh, so in your sharing, we'll be able to draw out uh, what teens really need. Mm. Uh, and uh, hopefully when we do the same thing for teens today, uh, they will end up like where you are, uh, you know, fulfilling God's dreams mm. uh, for his kingdom. Mm. Okay, so I'm going to start with Michelle. Uh, Michelle, I don't think it was by chance that you are sitting there because I would look to you as one who has been the longest with us among so. this group. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, and you were with us uh, when you were a college student. Yes, that's right. And, um, you know, you, you can tell us, you know, the environment by, in which you came and even your own uh, faith and et cetera and how that developed through the years. Uh, but I think we want to start with you. Okay. okay. What, what, what happened when you came? 
and, and what did you receive? What was what was different? Uh, and uh, yeah, whatever else that comes to mind. Okay, Pastor. So I would say that my first brush with um, X Church and AYA started when I finished SPM. Okay. <laughs> so that was year twenty two o two. So everyone knows how old I am now. <laughs> so I had just finished SPM, and my friend, my friend whose brother was attending X Church invited us to, to join Dream 2002, um, this huge conference that was in Sunway, I think. So um, after finishing the last paper of SPM, we were like, all right, let's go to KL, let's go for this cool conference. And so we went for the conference and we were really blessed by it. And that Sunday, because we were staying with our friend's brother, um, he invited us to X Church. So we attended X Church. We were in the Praise Factory mm, wow. in SS15. And I entered and immediately I... I felt in my spirit, this is the church that I will belong in. Mm, However, <laughs> um, I immediately came up to Subang to study at Taylor's College mm. the following year, but I strayed. <laughs> I didn't join X officially until a year and a half later. Wow. However, I joined Campus City, mm. which was the campus uh, service mm. organized by X that happened on Thursday afternoons. Mm. And I was really, really blessed by it. And eventually, um, I just knew I had to be part of X, mm. and Amen. here I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we are glad that all that happened, and we are glad that here you are. Yeah. Uh, so, what is it? Uh, uh, well, there's one part about you know uh, you being drawn to uh, the ministry, but you know as a young person you had needs. Yeah. What were those needs you think that were met uh, that gave you that sense that you know you wanted more? Yeah. Uh, because you know I would say that when those needs are not met uh, at your young age, then, you know, you, and not just you, but any young person, mm. uh, will have a harder journey uh, to find their destiny and yeah. the dreams that God has for them. So, maybe one or two points or, or more, uh, yeah. if it comes to mind, uh, what do you think met, what, what were the needs that were met in you? Yeah, so I think I came from a non-Christian family, mm. so I didn't really have a good foundation and um, although I was attending a youth group back in my hometown, which I was very grateful for, but I would say that I really only got revived when I came to um, Subang mm. and got part of, uh, became part of X Church and AYA mm. because I could see um, it was an example of how living for God is. Mm. And it was so exciting. I found, a, like what you said just now, Pastor, belonging. Mm. Uh, people who loved me, accepted me, and mm. a group of friends to hang out with. But most of all, it was really the, the love for God. God was, God's mm, here. Wow. God is here. And also, I, I love the way people love God. And um, I think I was given a chance to participate as well. Right. I mean, from the get-go, I was, I was able to start serving. Mm. And although I didn't know anything, I really, really had no experience. But um, I was entrusted uh, opportun uh, to opportunities to serve. Right. And although I made mistakes, <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. I still don't know what I'm doing. Um, but there were people who believed in me and That's guided good. me. And I'm really grateful for that. Amen. Yeah. Praise God. Uh, just the earlier segment, uh, if you have forgotten, uh, I touched on wants and uh, needs of uh, teens. And I talked about how teens need trust. Mm -hmm. uh, and I can hear a little bit of that coming through. Uh, I said how they need uh, communication or you know, engagement uh, and uh, to be talking. And so you were surrounded by people yeah. who constantly yeah. were talking uh, yeah. and having communication, having conversations yeah. uh, about life, about God, 
Uh, and so therefore, we didn't really always need it to be on our handphones yeah. uh, because there was so much going on uh, that conversations are always, always lively mm. and uh, always open and, and constant and continuing. Uh, I talked about how young people uh, need meaning mm. and purpose in their lives. Yeah. And it looks like you found that even when you were hanging with the group uh, and you talked about the love of God, mm. how you eventually caught that for yeah. yourself. Uh, and then finally, we talked about uh, belonging. You also talked about uh, example. So that's what uh, I believe young people also need. They, uh, they need not just to be told what to do, yeah. but they need to see real life examples around them doing yeah. it. And I think that's where also a lot of adults fail. Uh, we are saying don't smoke, but he's you know puffing away. Yeah. Uh, we are saying uh, make sure you go to church early, but his you know, dad is late all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we are saying serve God, but then they are not serving. Uh, and they are always having like wishes and dreams for their young people, uh, but the young people can't see it. Uh, and actually, really, uh, we get inspired by what we uh, see for ourselves mm-hmm. as reality. Yeah. Uh, and uh, otherwise, it's going to be quite confusing. It's going to be mixed messages yeah. uh, that we get. Uh, so, and, and Jesus was the same. Jesus, uh, I remember one scripture that says he sent them out two by two, mm-hmm. but the, the fullness of that scripture is he sent them where he himself was also going. Mm. Uh, and I like that because uh, Jesus doesn't ask us to do things he doesn't do and, and mm. go places he doesn't go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it's, it's really important power of example. Benji, you want to continue? You came at, at, in, when? Uh, uh, I came during my campus years as well. Okay. Uh, but for me, when I first heard about Pastor was during the GIG days. Okay. And I was at... Uh, Dream 2000 as well, right. okay. and uh, you know, back in KK, uh, my youth group was already, really quite vibrant, and um, at that time also there was a lot of fears. You know, Pastor, when we come into uh, KL, yeah. you know, a lot of people lo- lose their way, yes. and for me at the time, um, there was a lot of encouragement from my church as well. I said, "You guys gonna find a church to be right. in." Uh, so when I came over to uh, KL, eventually, um, you know coming to Acts and seeing, you know, how uh, pastor trusted young people. You know, even back in GIG, during the concert, we saw like, wow, not just cool, but the entire band consists of young people. Right. So I said, I told myself at the time, I said, wow, I want to be like them, mm. you know, and they were so, so passionate uh, for the things of God and coming all the way to yeah. also serve people in KK. So for me at the time, that was the start. And coming to KL, coming to join uh, church, I think I was able to experience it fully, right. Pastor. The, like you said just now, the trust, yeah. um, leading the way, setting the example. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, it was that the biggest thing that um, was trust. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, one of the, the best examples is that uh, I'm just, I'm in early 20s, and I was entrusted to lead a homes. Mm-hmm. And for me at that time, I'm like, oh, homes, okay, who's going to be my homes? They say, oh, there's going to be a spectrum of people. Mm. There's going to be people that's above 40 with kids. Mm-hmm. I'm like, but I'm just a young person. Mm. Uh, but a lot of encouragement, you know, uh, from my leader, uh, you know, um, other leader and said, you know, don't worry. Don't let anyone despise your youth. You can do it. Mm. And he set the way. He set the example. Uh, I think that, that was the, that's another point that I'm, I'm very, very happy is that I had someone to look to. Right. Uh, because looking for direction sometimes... When you're just on your way, you, you don't know where to go. Yeah. You know, but when there's someone leading the way, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. So this is the way to go. Yeah. So looking back now, Pastor, I, you know, now we are in 
uh, Osaka mm. and a lot of handles that we have now uh, you know we, we for a short time we were also serving uh, we were uh, attending a Japanese church mm. it was immediate you know we're like we need to serve mm. where did that spirit come from it was back then we saw our leaders you know mm. uh, you know even like we would not miss a Sunday why mm. because uh, uh, we not miss a Sunday attending church why because we saw our leaders as well yeah. so all these different handles is uh, something that uh, you know coming here, I felt that was that really helped me in my journey, especially mm-hmm. coming out from, uh, you know, from our youths back home, mm-hmm. coming into a foreign place. You can so easily get lost. Yeah. You know, Michelle said it as well. You know, a lot of people when they leave their hometowns, they go somewhere else when there is no one. Uh, what's the word? There's no familiar no places. You. No one. Not to say policing, but <laughs> you know, there's someone to tell you. But you know, we've seen so many people like that. Right. But coming to a church that believes in you, have a community that cheers mm. you on to say, hey, keep the faith, run the race. Mm. I think that's something that is uh, really, that's something that helped me in my journey. As that's well. good. Mm. Thank you for sharing that, Benji. I think we can, we're hearing it again. It's trust. Of course, trust involves believing. You can't trust if you don't first believe. Uh, and I'm hearing that uh, you saw the examples of the other young people who mm. were serving mm. and go like, I would like to do that mm. too. Uh, and then be given the opportunity to do that. So actually, youth ministry is a cycle. You know, uh, you watch somebody young, and then you become that young person serving and become an example to other young people. Mm-hmm. It just keeps going. Uh, and that's really the power uh, of uh, youth ministry. Uh, young people themselves reaching young people. Uh, if you think about it, it's not just another older man standing there and doing everything, but uh, you empower young people because in that is uh, breakthrough mm. and success. It doesn't have to be many. Uh, young people just need to see one young person do it. Yeah, young pers- one young person given the opportunity to do something important, which is something I'm going to share about next uh, Thursday uh, in another segment mm. uh, about, you know, con- I'm going to continue the thought on what young people need. Mm. Uh, and uh, actually, young people need, uh, and I'll, I'll just go with one point ahead of time uh, to say that they, they need to do things respectable. Mm. Uh, a lot of people say, okay, let the young people do stuff, but it's, it's, it's arranging chairs, it's sweeping the floor, cleaning the toilet, and not to say that it's not important, but when am I going to preach? Yeah. How come only the important things the adults are mm. doing? You see? Uh, so young people like to handle uh, serious stuff. And that's why they join gangs because the gang leader says, you're part of my, my gang now, here's a knife. And suddenly they get to handle a knife. Right? No parents will give their children a knife. You know? <laughs> right. uh, or even worse still, gun. M16 in some of these uh, countries we see uh, war yeah. and army, they recruit them at 12 and give them an M16. Mm-hmm. And suddenly you find that, wow, this guy trusts me with M16. But, you know, there's this, there's this thing about youth ministry whereby it's not just, um, you know, the, the mundane uh, thing. Yeah, it yeah. is the thing that uh, really means something. And so, uh, a lot of youth ministries miss that. And so, you, you, you will never hear a young person preach. You will never hear a young person worship lead. You never hear, hear a young person uh, do things that are important. Uh, be a camp commandant, for example, at 16 or mm. something like that. Uh, so, uh, of course, we, they need guidance, mm. but they, they need uh, adults coming around them to do that. 
I want to talk something about belonging also because I think you mentioned that uh, and so did uh, Michelle. And I want to uh, just qualify by saying uh, belonging is not always uh, in a group or a gang. Mm. Uh, it can be just to one person. It makes sense mm. uh, to belong to one person that one person belong to you. So when you're talking about even having one leader believe in you mm. and saying, Benji, is okay, you know, even though you're young, uh, you can lead a cell group, a homes. Uh, maybe he will tell you, I also did that. Mm. Right? Mm. Uh, and you might not have many names that you can remember at that moment, but you can remember one name. Mm. And God made that one name be there for you. And in that time, you felt belonged to just that, just that one person. Mm. Um, just last week when uh, our uh, youth pastor, or rather our teens pastor, watched that whole Chin Up series, uh, episode number 15, he wrote to me saying that you know, some things uh, confirm what he had on his heart and mind. And one of the things he mentioned to me that I think our teens might benefit from a youth center. So maybe, Pastor, if you don't mind, can we talk about and pray about creating a youth center for our teens? Uh, and I said, oh, lovely, wonderful, great idea. But I had this um, just, you know, I won't call it a condition, uh, but just uh, um, something that I wanted him to consider, uh, a caveat maybe, uh, is to say that a youth center doesn't need to be a big venue with expensive things. Because every time I even had to go to a few churches uh, in my past so many years of doing youth ministry to actually advise them they were about to start youth center and they already cordoned off a nice venue, you know, 1,000 square feet, uh, you know, some 500 square feet, but whatever, it, it was bigger than normal. And they said to me, Pastor, just come and advise us. What do we need? Do we need a ping pong table? Do we need a billet table? Do we need, and some even said, do we need, uh, you know, one of those uh, machines where we can get our drinks from? <laughs> Vending machine. Vending machine. Yeah. Uh, and we will already fix it in a way whereby you don't even have to put money. You just choose a Coca-Cola or <laughs> Pepsi or whatever it is. And then just, it's just cool to have, right? Because some people had the budget, budget. Others didn't have the budget. They said, okay, this little room. Uh, you know, they wanted a track. They wanted to make it exciting. And I learned something from the Lord many years ago that uh, young people don't just hang out in places. Yeah. They hang out with people. Yeah. Yeah. And I realized that uh, young people can even go to a person's office and come into the person's office and sit at the person's couch and while the person is working because they like hanging out with that person, that person gives them a lot of confidence. Yeah. That person gives them a lot of encouragement. Yeah. And the person is still working, no. And they go like, hey, sorry guys, you just sit down there and you know, do whatever you, because I got to take this call. And they, they really don't mind. As long as they can be close to you, yeah, with yeah. you. Mm -hmm. uh, so this gang is not many. Yeah. It can be a gang of one. Yeah. It can be a group of two. Mm. Uh, but the belonging is where I want, I, I feel good being with you. Mm. I feel empowered being with you. Mm. I feel blessed being with you. I feel like, you know, I become a better version of myself being with you. Therefore, even a marriage can be like that. Mm. And a marriage should be like that. Mm. Uh, otherwise, uh, besides a marriage, it's a church. Uh, it's a family of God. And really, all you need is one person that believes in you. Uh, mm. And uh, I want uh, youth pastors, parents, pastors out there to, to know 
that you don't really have to cordon off. If you have it, great. But uh, if you have a multi-million dollar youth center but not that person in it, they will also after a while don't go. Because they want to be where you are. Yeah. And if you are in the mama shop at 12 midnight, they want to be at the table with you. Even if they're going to talk nonsense, they want to talk nonsense with you. Yeah. Because you bear with their nonsense. Yeah. And then later on, they go deeper and deeper and then they tell you which girl they like and tell you which guy they <laughs> like at about 2 a.m. in the morning. Yeah. By the time they drink, they are tense. They got it. Um, but again, uh, why youth centers become uh, white elephants? Why even Rakan Muda at one time with 800 million ringgit budget for Rakan Muda became empty nest and white elephants because people, young people are not going because, yeah. you know, that's why they rather, even they would even rather go to a cheap gaming center yeah. as long as they're with their friends. Yeah. <laughs> yep. You know, so I, I just want to say, because you brought it up, mm. uh, you had just that one person. Mm. And to that one person, you were important. Mm. And to you, that one person was important and there was belonging. And, and you continue to hang out after that, mm. even beyond the homes. Yeah, that's right, that's right. Because being in that person's presence makes you feel empowered yeah. mm. and makes you feel good. Uh, if you have any comments about that, you can, you can hold on to that. Uh, but uh, let me move on. Uh, so, uh, Pastor Stephen uh, was also young when he started. He's still young. He'll tell you he's still young. Uh, uh, he's not yet 30. Uh, and Pastor uh, and I, they just looked at each other when he told his age uh, because uh, we are married about the same time as he was born. Uh, and uh, so could have been, you know, uh, the, the age of our son. Uh, uh, so, and, and it gives us great joy that until today we are still involved in, uh, in, in young people's uh, lives. Mm. Uh, I can't remember when you joined, Stephen, you can tell mm. us, uh, but I, I, I do uh, know that you started uh, ex Banda Utama uh, around about age 26, maybe, or 27. When was it? Uh? Yeah, because you're, you should be 29 this year? Yeah, 27, yes. Yeah, because you see, it's one half years old, right? Yeah. yeah. So, and, and even before 27, you had to think about it, pray about it, mm. dream about it. So even by 26 already, uh, you know, while other people are thinking about uh, what's the next car they want to buy, uh, the first uh, apartment they want to invest in, you were thinking about the kingdom of God mm. and the first church you would like to plant mm. for us. Uh, so, of course, that didn't just happen at 26, 25. Uh, that must have happened all the way back to when you were a teen mm. uh, and when you joined us and what you caught. So tell us also uh, what in your uh, thinking uh, is, is what young people need. Mm because you also receive the same. Mm. Like, tell us uh, your story. All right. Thanks, Pastor. I think uh, I'll go a little bit back uh, to... I, I, I came from a Christian household. Okay. Uh, so, uh, an Anglican church back in Penang. And I grew up there. Um, and the thing that, that, as I reflected back, what really impacted me during that time as a teenager uh, in youth ministry was... I don't really remember the activities we did. I mean, I can briefly remember, but it doesn't... It's not really imprinted uh, emotionally, wise, you know, emotions-wise. Uh, what really was imprinted in my mind and my heart was those moments where my pastor said, come to my place for lunch mm. before you fellowship starts. Just come, uh, we'll, uh, you know, I'll get uh, you know, my wife to cook you something simple mm. and let's just hang out. And we didn't even talk about spiritual stuff. I wasn't in trouble. And, you know, usually there's a connotation of oh, pastor wants to meet me. Something must be wrong. <laughs> 
But it was just a hanging out, you know. He was just asking, how are you doing? How's school? How are things with your parents? Uh, at that time, I wasn't in really good relationship with my parents. Right. I was really rebellious at the time. Mm. So he would ask those questions. Hard, uh, to, hard to imagine that you were really rebellious. <laughs> <laughs> <I would. laughs> uh, but, but yeah, so I, I remember those moments, uh, those conversations, uh, the times where I remember when I was 19, I had an inkling that I may have depression. So the first person I thought of reaching out was my pastor at the time, and, I, and he straight away said, you know what, come to my office. So I drove over, and, and he just sat down with me, and we just talked. Um, and fast forward, I came to X in uh, 2016. I was 21, I believe, yeah, for my degree. Uh, God led me to X, which was amazing. And again, the thing about presence was so powerful. Uh, I remember Michelle, who was the campus pastor then. Uh, I, I think I was maybe about two months, three months in, uh, coming to X. I had a huge question about speaking in tongues. Mm. Huge, major. We were at Seremban, I remember, uh, very clearly. And I just went like, uh, at that time, Pastor Michelle, can I have a few minutes of your time? She probably don't remember this. No memory. Uh, but she said, okay, come. And we just went aside and, and I just asked her a lot of questions about tongues and she was there sharing. Um, and I remember my other leader, uh, John Poon, who is also part of a user guy uh, back then. Uh, he told me this. He said, Stephen, uh, I may be busy, but anytime you need to meet me, I will make time. Nice. Um, and again, the Ministry of Presence was so powerful. I remember one time, uh, I think uh, I had an allergy reaction, uh, eating something. I had Angelina Jolie lips. I still have that. <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was funny, I had to take a selfie. <laughs> It was really hilarious. Uh, and at that now you're going to cause people to Google Angelina. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, and at that time, I think uh, Benji and John just came back from a trip shooting overseas. Mm. It was 11 p.m. And when John found out about my allergy, he's like, I don't care. I'm going to come pick you up right now, bring you to the clinic. Oh. I'm like, no, I'm okay. I'm really okay. It's just, it's just aesthetics. <laughs> you know? I'm not feeling any pain. I'm alright. They say, no, no, no. I'm bringing you to the clinic right now. So straight from the airport, came, picked me up, went to a nearby clinic to get, to, you know, get medication and all that. Um, I think that was really powerful for me uh, yes. to know that uh, I have people with me mm. whom uh, my problems are not too small for them to mm. listen. Uh, whatever questions I may have, they make time. Um, I think that was really powerful. And through the presence, I think uh, one thing that both uh, Michelle and Benji spoke about was trust. Again, at that time, I, I came to X barely four or five months, and I remember we were on the brink of starting Campus City at that time. I didn't know about it. And then uh, Michelle just came to me and said, Hey, Stephen, I can tell you have a heart. At that time, I didn't even know if I had. It's a, <laughs> it's a restart, right? Yeah, 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 Campus City actually restart. have had a few restarts. Yeah. Right. Uh, the first one was in your time. Yeah. Uh, and then after that, when you became Campus Master, you were restarting. Yeah. So that's what you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. So there was restart and, and then uh, and Michelle just came like, hey, do you want to be part of the team? I'm like, uh, me? <laughs> mm. I'm only a few months in. Uh, but uh, I felt confirmation. I felt like, yeah, I, I want to serve. Mm got involved with that and the rest was history. A lot right. of foundations were further laid, a lot of principles that I learned, a lot of my faith was built in yeah. that period of uh, the leadership trusting me as well, mm. to be part of the core team and then, and then beyond. So yeah, so I think the two things I can think of is definitely the this presence, mm. the ministry of presence that, that laid a very yeah. strong foundation for me and yeah. trust. Yeah. yeah, thank you Stephen. Ministry of presence is really, really key. Mm. Um, is just these two words, being there, mm. being there. Um, sometimes 
being there doesn't mean you have all the answers. But being there is an answer. Mm. Uh, and uh, funerals, you know, uh, you don't know what to say except mm. condolences. And sometimes even condolences, you don't even know what it really means. Because everybody says it, right? Yeah. Uh, so these days, I rarely use condolences, uh, although it's still okay word. Uh, we can still use it. But I, I will say, I'm sorry for your loss. Because mm. that's more connecting, you know. Mm. Uh, and just be there. Mm. Not, you don't always have the right words. Yeah. The young person might not always get an answer from you. Yeah. But it's not really the answer that they want more than you being there. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so that's what we call presence ministry. Now, mm. the thing is, some people are here watching and going like, yeah, my ministry has grown so big. I can't be there for everyone. And that's mm. also understandable. I can't be there for everyone. Mm. When the church grew to, don't say 1,500, when the church grew to even 200, 300, 400, uh, I knew uh, there was a complaint after a while uh, that pastor is not here for us, pastor is not here for us. Uh, but the truth is, and those pastors who are listening to me, uh, it's natural, it's a fact that we can't be there for everyone, especially when your church grows big. But that, that's the thing. The thing is, we are supposed to multiply ourselves. Yeah. And that's what Jesus said. Multiply yourselves so that someone will always be there for that someone. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and it's not necessarily you, but that person will represent you. Uh, and it could be 10 levels down. Mm. Uh, and it's still ongoing. Yeah. Uh, so we need people to understand also that Pastor, so and so, whoever your pastor is, uh, don't be so quick to judge, uh, don't be so quick to complain. You need to understand that your pastor won't be able to be there for everyone. Uh, sometimes he will try to be there for that funeral or be there for whatever it is, uh, but uh, you will always have, if you do this right and multiply it right, you will always have that someone. Yeah. And for you, even in Penang, uh, with uh, the other church that you were part of, and that's still your home church, uh, and it's a wonderful home church that you have, you have that pastor who was there. Mm. So sometimes a, a person can be there at different seasons also mm. in your life. Uh, but then, of course, later on, uh, you mentioned Pastor Michelle's name. Mm. Uh, and, uh, you know, Pastor Michelle mentioned somebody else's name. Mm. Uh, uh, but, you know, it keeps going. Yeah. Mm. keeps going. Benji mentioned uh, that there was someone in his life like that. And so, yes, mm. it's a presence ministry. Mm. Uh, and and uh, even now for Victory Academy, uh, I'm now the head of the principal's office and I know nothing about being a principal. That's why I never call myself principal. I'm the head of the office, but not the principal. Uh, and the Lord just told me, you just need to be there for the school. Mm. Be there so that your teachers can see you. Yeah. And when they have a grouse and have a need, they can talk to you. Otherwise, mm. there's no one to talk to or they, they feel like there's no one to talk to. Mm. Uh, and the parents might want to see you. And sometimes you don't even have, or they don't have anything to ask you, but just being there yeah. gives mm. that sense of security, yeah. confidence. And if I do have something to say, he's there. And the, and the children are really appreciating my uh, presence now. Mm. And uh, I'm getting high fives from children and hugs. And it's like just, you know, mm. being there. So being there is a ministry in itself. Yeah. And I encourage, uh, you know, two things. One is that you continue multiplying the being there. And don't expect that only one person will always be there for yeah. you. But, mm. but uh, God will make that one person be there for you whoever that one person is. Mm. Just like you also have to be ready to be there for another person. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and also be careful not to say that, yeah, pastor have no time for you, but I have time for you. Don't, don't, don't ever get there because you one day will also find yourself in that position whereby you can't be there for all the campus students, yeah. can't be there for all of XSK. Uh, and uh, when X, uh, Osaka grows and grows and grows, you can't be there for everyone. Okay. But you want to keep building so that someone will be there for that someone. And mm. so the... The art is be fruitful. That's, that's you being fruitful with one person. Uh, multiply. Mm. 
uh, that. So I, I like that very much. And of course, you mentioned uh, trust. Uh, you mentioned uh, people giving time. Uh, and so uh, time is sacrifice. Uh, you talk about John coming back that night and taking you out. Uh, actually, you didn't even need that. Uh, you didn't really need to go to a clinic in that sense. Uh, but you, you needed someone uh, to belong to and mm. who believes in you yeah. and who has time for you. Mm. Uh, so it's not really sometimes, because I don't want parents and pastors out there to just think that this is the formula of this buying thing. Mm. Uh, it's, it's, not the, it's not the fact that you must take that person to hospital, then only yeah. you'll be all right. Uh, no, uh, because you probably would have survived the night yeah. without it. Maybe you would have suffered a little bit, but, <laughs> but you don't remember the clinic so much as you remember him coming back to take you to the clinic. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and that is the, the key point. And I, until today, you probably think like, I still think he doesn't, didn't have to. Mm. I still think he didn't have to. Yeah. Mm. But he did. And that's, yeah. that's it. Mm. And everybody needs a little bit of that yeah. in their lives. And sometimes parents might fail us because parents don't understand better and they think that it's just money mm. not being there. So parents just want to make more money so that we can give them more stuff. Mm. But it's not the stuff. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, uh, they need, uh, you know, the presence. Yeah. Uh, and again, you might not have all the right things to say. Mm. And you might not even know 90% of what youth ministry is, but that is youth ministry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, being there, and you, you, you mentioned uh, uh, trust as well. Very, very good. Uh, so uh, do chip in uh, later as we uh, round up, uh, you know, uh, uh, this uh, segment. But before we even get into a free-for-all uh, time, uh, we want to hear from... Uh, Chan, who is quite unique because he actually planted ex uh, Sri Kabangan when he was a student. Mm. Oh. He only recently graduated and he did so well, he did so well, uh, first class honours, uh, that he was immediately offered an opportunity to do his PhD. Mm. Wow. So he is given the fast track. He doesn't have to do his master's uh, because of how well he did. Uh, and uh, in fact, I, I believe that his thesis uh, is now being used, or at least uh, uh, it was commented that his thesis, which was very much written out of his experience with AYA. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so he is a practitioner. Mm. And he wrote it not just out of head knowledge, but out of heart knowledge. And uh, they said it was so well written, they might even want to use it uh, for uh, you know, actual practice. Uh, so um, Chan, uh, where did it all start for you? Uh, how come you, you know, became what you became, meaning a student that was uh, bold and courageous enough and confident enough to plan a church? Uh, and I had to move on uh, from that also because it's not just, don't, don't just get your ears fixated on XSK, uh, but uh, Chan is also uh, the coordinator for the Tamil Fellowship. Mm. Uh, at least for the next year, he will be the coordinator. So that's another sort of church plan, wow. in a way, and he is coordinating that, uh, and uh, he's doing uh, so many other things, uh, even with uh, the other parts of ministry that he's doing with the compassion work and all that. So Chan, uh, we are on the topic of what teens need. Mm. And when we know what they need and make sure that our ministries are uh, fashioned in a way that meets those needs, not necessarily the ones. Mm. Uh, so obviously you are where you are uh, and I am guessing that your needs were also met. What were they? 
Mm. Uh, how were they? Uh, and uh, yeah, yeah, just share your story with us. Okay. Um, Ken Foster. I think for me, uh, it, was, uh, it was a little bit different uh, in a sense where because when I came to X, uh, I started my first year in uni. Uh, I was 20 years old. And, uh, but when I came, I came in uh, with a, a mind where I, I just wanted to uh, do everything for God. I wanted to live a life for the Lord. And, and it's because of uh, what happened before that. Because just before I entered uni, I had a major injury uh, and then I got healed miraculously when, mm. when the doctor said that it would never be healed. Mm. And that's the time where I, you know, uh, I, I felt like I got a second chance from God because, uh, and, uh, and I, when I got a second chance, I wanted to leave it all out for the Lord. Mm. Uh, and that was the right time where, you know, someone uh, invited me and brought me to Acts itself. And I saw it as a place where is giving me a second chance, mm. uh, a, a chance to live a life uh, uh, for God, um, and 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 that's that's how I came uh, in to X Church, and and I and and quickly to find that uh, X was the right place because mm. uh, because of um, it gave me the purpose, uh, and and Pastor and yourself and even uh, the campus ministry back then. And I also was, when I came in, I started serving in the children's ministry also. Mm. And, 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 and all of it, all of it just gave uh, uh, a glimpse that, that it showed me that, well, actually, this place believe me, uh, you know, that so many of these pastors or elders or even the leaders, they believe in someone who was young, uh, was fresh, was, was like li- literally restarting. I, back then, I had a purpose of becoming an athlete, and now it's like I had no purpose, and I want to find my purpose for the Lord. And then uh, all these people helped me to find my mm. purpose, you know. And, and it started with all that, and it helped me uh, to say many yes because of the, the, the confidence that they gave me that hey, actually we believe in, in someone mm. like you. We believe in someone young like you. I, I still remember even, in like how Stephen was saying that when I first few months when I came in and Pastor Michelle trusted me to even uh, run a campus city tour in, in, in mm. Kuantan and I was the coordinator of it and I know nothing about <laughs> anything about it mm. and, and she trusted me and, and, and that was one of the examples of, mm. of how they trusted me and also um, and I think at that time when I was uh, fresh off I, I needed principles and uh, and, and that's something that I glimpsed and I learned from you, Pastor. Maybe some of, that, some of it with direct conversations from you or some of it from the pulpit and some of it with just reading and, or listening to things that you said. Uh, it's, it's just, it, it helped me to build principles that I needed. And I, I'm very grateful that I got to uh, build that principles even when I was 20. And, and, and that gave me the, the, the confidence to, to then, uh, you know, be that... Be that person that kept my, in my campus mm. uh, and I remember after a few years in, when I was t- uh, in two years later and I was 20, 22 um, I, and that was the time where Pastor even you released the book Now Every Believer Can mm. and that book itself showed that actually you, you or and, and the principles that you believe in that trusted that anyone can do this mm. and it gave me much confidence saying that you know anyone can really mm. plant and start and, and that's where I, I remember I had a conversation with you uh, that saying that pastor, I really want to even start uh, homes in my uni, right. and I uh, that was 2019, and, and all you told me is that 
if the Lord puts that in your heart, go and do it. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was like, wow, that's it. That's all. And, and it gave me such confidence. No, no one uh, told me that, no, you can't, or you know, this, uh, you're too young, or this impossible. And, and that led con- continuously, even mm-hmm. when the you know, time came to be planting um, X3 Kembangan. And, and again, there was that green light. And, mm-hmm. and, and you, oh, that, well, there's one word you always told me, I remember, is that uh, it's always green and because God has already said it's go. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, only when God clearly says it's a red light, it's, it's a no, then it's a no. If not, it's always go. Yeah. And, then, and, I've, uh, and I've lived with that principle until today. And I, I, I never found an, a time where I have to say no to something <laughs> because uh, of that, uh, un- unless the Lord clearly tells me that. And, uh, and I think uh, for someone, I mean, looking back now, um, and, and that's, that, that's what gave me confidence to even start when I was a campus student uh, to plant. And, I, I, and also it was examples that it has been done in, mm. in Acts. It was done in Bristol. It was mm. done in, uh, in different places that, oh, actually you can do it while, right. while being a campus student. Mm. So these examples and these principles is what helped me to, 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 to do what I, I was doing. Mm. And, and, also to, and, and it, uh, it's also led to me doing what I do, do in the community as well that, I wanted uh, the, the other young people who grew up in the same background like me uh, get a glimpse of what I am getting and I wanted to give them back. I wanted to trust them. I wanted to give them that uh, opportunity as well. Uh, so that's what led me to do much of the community or compassionate work that we are doing as well. And, 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 I, and that's what I love so much about Acts and AYA. They always trust young people <laughs> to do things. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Thank you for that, Chan. Um, the other uh, student that I know started a church uh, was Lazarus. Mm. Uh, funny, right? Because I came back and I heard from the Lord that we got a plant in the uh, UK. And I said, yeah, you know, uh, ex-London one day. And he laughed when he heard it mm. and uh, went home. And uh, he said, uh, I pity the man that will be sent. Uh, <laughs> um, he actually said that. And uh, then uh, a few weeks later, his auntie called him and said, uh, Lazarus, uh, I want you in the UK. Uh, I will sponsor your final year of degree. And uh, Lazarus was shaking his head, going like, no, auntie, you know, uh, I'm enjoying Malaysia so much, wantanmi, etc. Uh, <laughs> you know, you know, Lazarus and his wantanmi. Uh, and uh, he's in his final year. But auntie wants him to come. And everything is set. And so he shook his head, go like, i got to share this with pastor. And so he came to me and he said all that he said. Like he said, no, I was laughing when you said. And uh, then, uh, you know, auntie called. And uh, I prayed, Lord, is it me? Uh, and then he says, Pastor, what do you think? You know, is it me? So he went for his final uh, year. And that year, he planted uh, X London. And then uh, when he was doing his master's, he planted X uh, Oxford. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so you're talking about examples. Mm. Uh, and uh, it's so wonderful to see. And actually, at the end of the day, this is youth ministry. It just keeps going. Yeah. Uh, one example, exciting another example. It doesn't have to die one mm-hmm. until Jesus comes back. It doesn't yeah. have to die because... It, it actually should uh, multiply more. Mm-hmm. You know, once upon, a, once upon a time, it was probably one example, touching two, two touching four, four touching you know, eight, eight touching 16. Mm-hmm. Uh, it keeps going. You know, and now, probably we've got at least hundreds of examples, uh, if not thousands. And that's how multiplication yeah. happens. That's how you uh, impact the whole country yeah. mm-hmm. and even the yeah. whole world. Uh, by the way, uh, that book, uh, now every uh, believer okay. can... Uh, was designed uh, by her. Uh, so, a lot of people like the front cover. Yeah. Mm. Uh, it's got a very uh, female 
uh, <laughs> feminine uh, taste to yeah. it. Uh, but I like it. I like yeah. it because it's got gardening tools. It was uh, very much her idea. And uh, so, uh, but that book has gone far and wide. Uh, when I gave that book to uh, Rachel Bulan, uh, who's also one of those uh, young warriors uh, in East Malaysia for the Lord, uh, she said it was that book that really uh, touched her. Yeah. Uh, because she and her other uh, co-pastor was trying to find a way forward for something. Mm. And the first few pages about us losing that building, mm. uh, etc., uh, she saw faith, she saw, you know, believe and trust God no matter what. Mm. And, uh, you know, uh, God is not done yet. Yeah. You know, so much more to achieve in Him. Mm. And so she told me, Pastor, that book uh, really did it for me and uh, Pastor Sabrina, uh, at least for that moment, that time they, they were going through. And she said, the first chapter itself, yeah. uh, you know, because your story about losing the building mm. is just mm. unheard of. Mm. Uh, and to come back, from something like that is is just divine. Yeah. Mm. No one else can come yeah. back from that if it was not for God. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I'm hearing from you uh, at least three things, uh, uh, Chan. Uh, one is, uh, of course, second chances. Uh, and I've always said that X Church AYA is a ministry of second chances. Because I also needed a second chance. Mm. Uh, and uh, many, many, many others needed mm. a second chance. Uh, and uh, I pray that X and AYA will always be the church and the ministry of second chances. Yeah. Mm. Because God is the God of second chances. And you look at the Bible, it's full of it. Mm. You know, David had a second chance, you know, and uh, Joseph had a second chance, you know, uh, and so on and so forth. Peter mm. denied Jesus three times at the second chance. Yeah. Uh, and usually, it is the second chance taken that brings about our destiny. Mm. The first one doesn't, the first chance usually is, is a learning. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. The second chance is what really brings us hope. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I also have to put a caveat. People can give you second chances, but you must take it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Too many people out there are saying, I just need a second chance, or they don't give me a second chance, or mm. why don't they give me a second chance? Uh, I think it's a two-way street. Yeah. People can give it to you, but you must take it. Mm. Yeah. And you must really honour that second chance. Yeah. And you must really, now is the time not to mess around. Mm. Don't take it for granted. Uh, give it your best shot. Mm. Uh, whatever that you did as a mistake that messed up your first chance, don't repeat it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, most of us get more than one second chance. Mm. Uh, you know, we might get a hundred yeah. in our lifetime because yeah. God is such a patient God, yeah. is such a good God. But it is also our responsibility to take it well. Yeah. So give it well, but take it yeah. well also. Yeah. Uh, because I know that some people until today are still complaining that I wasn't given a second chance. Uh, and I usually would say to them, did you take a second chance well mm. uh, and give it your best? Yeah. Uh, so that's important. The second thing I heard you say is opportunity. That's very, very important. Huh? We heard it as empowering. We heard it as trust. Uh, we heard it as you know, giving me a chance to do it, believing in me, uh, empowering me to do this. Uh, uh, is it uh, GIG or Revo in Kuantan? Uh, what, what was Campus City Tour. Campus City Tour. Okay. Mm. So many things we've done in the yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Campus City Tour. Yeah. Campus City Tour. And, uh, so, and we keep doing that. We did that for Michelle also as well. So she does that to you. And, and mm. so I can see that it repeats. You know? yeah. mm. uh, it just keeps going. And I'm excited because if we really uh, catch what is important, mm. then it will perpetuate. Because yeah. we know what, what it is, is it that young people need. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Uh, so if we keep doing that, we can do this for another thousand years. Yes. Mm. Uh, but if we think that it's the want, then we might stop because mm. the wants change. Yeah. But the needs don't. Mm. 
mm. needs of the heart. Correct. So we must continue to be a ministry that continues to give people opportunity. Uh, and we know for a fact that opportunity grows mm. uh, with every opportunity well taken, faithfully administered, mm. uh, given the best, a person is given another opportunity which is higher than the last one. Mm. Mm. Uh, maybe more risky, more money involved, yeah. more people under your care. Mm. Uh, and so this is how people actually come to their destiny and come to the dreams that God has for them uh, because they keep saying yes to opportunities. You say that. Mm. Mm. Uh, and uh, with every opportunity, it's a learning also. Yeah. Mm. But it's also a chance to actually see your true potential. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and God will continue to give us even greater opportunities. So I, even for own, my own life, mm. I know I'm retired as a senior pastor in, in, in X church, but I know that I'm not done. Yeah. I might be retired from a job, but I'm not done in my destiny and in my dreams. Yeah. And if I continue to be faithful, God will give me even greater opportunities. And the opportunities will look like nationwide transformation. Mm. Mm. Uh, but before you get into transforming a nation, you need to transform your own life. Yeah. Yeah. You need to transform your own little small group. Mm. Right? Mm. And God gives you more. And then finally, you said guidance. Mm. And uh, that's really key. Uh, you said principles mm. uh, because uh, you can be given opportunities. Uh, but too many times, uh, people give opportunity but not the walking with yeah. and the guidance mm. and the principles. Uh, we need to do that. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I've heard also people say, I give opportunity what? And then still fail, 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 yeah. fail, fail because we just give. Mm. But we don't be there. We don't, we're not present. We're not walking with. And that's why there is a um, modus operandi or way of doing it here. And we, we say it like this, right? I do, uh, you watch. Mm. I do, you help. And then it's you do, I help. And mm. finally, you do, I watch. watch. Meaning I, I'm still there mm. watching. And whenever I can, I encourage you whenever I should. I might still say a word or two, mm. but I'm watching. Mm. Uh, and you are now flying. Mm. Uh, but there is this walking together. Yep. Uh, just like a four by 100 meter race, uh, there is this generation before and then the generation after, and they're about to pass the baton. A lot of people don't understand that even in the passing of baton, there's a 20 meters where they both run together. Mm. And so I find that a lot of ministries, they don't run together. There is yeah. no time to run together. Yeah. So you just want to pass the baton there at that line, boom, and it, you stop. So the last generation just stops and retires and go like, why, why? Why a sudden stop? Mm. And then this guy has to run alone yeah. all mm. the way. Uh, and some will run all the way and even pass the line and be disqualified because the guy can't let go of the baton. Yeah. Right? So there's a time to release it and there's a time to keep it and there's a time to run together. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't think there are enough ministries out there whereby running together period is actually put in intentionally. Mm. Uh, even, even before I retired as senior pastor, I had already started running. In fact, some of you probably have even heard that I will retire even when I was 40. I said, I'm going to pass it. I'm going to pass it. So I pass it on at 50 because I prepared 10 years. Mm. Let people hear it again and again and let my leaders be. I, no, I don't think he's kidding. I don't think he's kidding. Mm. Because he's you know? But until today, uh, you know, uh, the leaders still come and sit with me. Uh, Elder Ping Ho is one of them. Tries to meet me once a month to uh, you know, just update me and ask for my advice on different things. So I'm still, although lesser and lesser and lesser, because now you are, you know, mm. going to come to a place whereby you're just watching mm. yeah. uh, and he or anyone else knows that. I think Pastor is around. Mm. 
near enough yeah. to mm. call upon, but far enough not to get in the way yeah. or to be disqualified. Yeah. Mm. So uh, I want to say that we need that 20 meter run, mm. yeah. a space where we not only pass a baton, but pass it so that the person will be able to pass the baton also himself yeah. well to the next runner. Mm. And how does a person do that? With guidance and principles uh, and Bible and word and mm. knowledge and experience. He might not have any experience, but he can borrow the experience of the runner before. Yeah. Mm. And he doesn't have to reinvent the wheel, mm. but maybe find his own experience after that. Mm. Yeah. And so he, his experience will add on to the past experience and become a double portion experience. Mm. And then when you pass it on to the next runner, he will have triple experience. Yeah. So that's why every generation is supposed to do better. But if you don't give your experience to the next generation, then they will have to start from, a, from scratch yeah. and learn all the same mistakes that you have actually learned. And you know, because you didn't tell him, he has now to relearn it and have no time for his own experiences. Yeah. And so when he passes it on to the next person, that person only gets one experience. So no, now when I'm passing it to you, you get two because you get mine and you get yours. Mm. Then the next person gets three mm. and four and five and ten. And, and by the time you know it, the last generation before Jesus comes back is probably going to be the best generation. Yeah. Yeah. And it should be the best runner for the last lap. Yeah. Yeah. But it was built on all of us and that's why Hebrew says, now you're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Yeah. And all these we learn from, and then they're all from heaven saying, come on, you know, you are born for such a time as this. Don't drop the baton. Yeah. We've all lived our lives and died for this cause. Mm. We are all counting on you now. Yeah. But thank God it's not just us. It's us and them. Then yeah. when we read the Bible, we learn their stories and yeah. their experiences. And, yeah. and uh, we are at a much better place to finish this race yeah. yep. than they were, uh, even with technology and all that. So I'm going to uh, round up this uh, uh, last segment and uh, bring this to a close. I, I really so enjoy hearing from you. But let me give everybody here a chance, maybe 30 seconds to a minute, uh, to just say uh, maybe uh, your final thoughts about this. Maybe something stirred up within you. And go like, yeah, I, I remember that. And I want to say that. Uh, so I'm going to give you that chance. Uh, maybe 30 seconds to a minute each. Go ahead, Michelle. Yeah. So earlier when Pastor Stephen mentioned about how in his youth, he always had a seat at his uh, pastor's uh, mm. lunch table, right? Mm. So that really brought me back to uh, my youth ministry in Moor, small town mm. Moor, small youth group. Um, similarly, I can't remember a single thing. I don't remember much, but the most impactful thing that uh, I still carry uh, to today is that um, how I got to church. So there's this uh, father-son duo. Mm. They are not full-time workers. They are volunteers in church. So this uncle would use a church van to fetch all the youths to church. And then his son, a young engineer at that time, would use his car to fetch the remaining people to church. So they did this faithfully week after week. And... They brought me, uh, someone from a non-Christian family, to church week after week, to youth group. And um, there were times where I forgot to tell them I couldn't go, and they would come all the way to my doorstep to pick me up. To, Sorry, I'm not home, <laughs> you know. But, um, so it seems small, because I mean, I'm hearing that, I mean, a lot of us come from small churches, mm. small youth groups, uh, in small towns, and we might not think it's much, but mm. it, they really play a big impact. So there were many days in my in serving in campus ministry or even in homes in church where I fetched people to church mm -hmm. and there were times where it was really hard because of the jam, work, finances and so many times I was very discouraged but every time I, I felt that I remember the example of that mm -hmm. father-son duo so who fetched me to church mm -hmm. week after week and I think that's really amazing and I just really want to celebrate um, the volunteers at mm -hmm. 
youth ministries yes. in small towns all over Malaysia. Amen. Yeah. So good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I just want to uh, end with this as well, Pastor, when you said like needs and wants, sometimes uh, a lot of youth, like, I mean, when I was young, said, yeah, we need bigger sound systems, we need, we need this, we want this, we want this. But in fact, actually, you know, it's the simplest things, you know, mm-hmm. sitting down and really getting to the heart of it. Like, I, what I carried today was what my leaders, or even back then in, in, in KK as well, uh, reaching out to their need, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I carried it today, you know, um, the, 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 the need, like, you know, faith, you know, growing faith, and all these things are, back then I didn't know, I'm like, ah, I just want big likes, but as leaders, we don't look at all these small little things and say, oh, it's okay, but I realized those have built the foundation to where I'm at today, mm-hmm. and I realized that, you know, hearing everyone speak, uh, looking ahead for X Osaka as well, I'm, I'm already thinking like, well, how can I meet that need? Mm-hmm. Instead of giving them what they want, but mm-hmm. how can I meet the need? Mm-hmm. So really, really encouraged as well for, from Pastor, you know, Pastor mm-hmm. Stephen, even Chan as well, mm-hmm. you know, looking awesome. forward for the days ahead. Amen. Wonderful, thanks, Benji. Amen. Stephen? Mm. I am reminded when we talk about need, uh, again, we, when we do youth ministry, we always think about, okay, what can we keep doing to draw them back, draw them back? Um, and then if we're not careful, we go into areas we should not touch. Uh, you know, we talk about light, sound and all that. We, we try to do it, but the, the, the fact is we cannot beat the world in this game. Right. <laughs> because what the church offers shouldn't be all this. The church should be offering Jesus that the world can never provide. Uh, and I, I, when I think about need, I have to think about how uh, it is not um, activities or or buildings, or events that will pull people through tough times. It's not even us, actually, because one day we will go, uh, and then it will be them. Um, you know? But it is faith. I, I see the importance of in investing faith um, and teaching the value of faith in, in, for young people. And they may not think that is what they need, but uh, eventually one day, eventually one day they, will, they will go like, wow, thank goodness uh, the church leader yeah. imparted in us the importance of reading the Bible daily. Yeah. Uh, you know, because during my toughest times, I'm reminded of that and that put me through. God mm. put me through. So I think the importance Amen. of leaving a legacy of faith for the next generation, mm. I see that as one crucial need mm. uh, that they may not recognize, uh, but it is definitely a big need. Yeah. 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 Good. Thank you, Stephen. And I think from, from what I hear and what I experience, uh, either as a young person or also with working with a young person is that um, I think oftentimes we, the world always tries to picture the, the life or circumstances as very comfortable, very beautiful. And, and, and so the, the, as a young person, they always are ru- running after that as, as that picture that is painted. But I think what they really need to know and learn that is uh, that resiliency is needed. And sometimes it's going to get tough and uh, sometimes it's, it's full of challenges. And oftentimes they, they break because they never know that actually life will be this tough or life will be this challenging. So I think most, uh, we should be helping them to uh, realize that actually this is how being a Christian is. It's, it's hard, it's challenging, but we still perse- persevere because there's a good God. And I think yeah. that's what we, uh, I do believe, I, I mean, I, I live by that saying that, okay, that this is how Christian life is. And I think we need to help the young people to understand as well. Yeah, right. Because most of them often step back or sway away from God. It's because they can't, see, can't understand that that is reality of being a Christian. Yeah. 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 That's good. Thank you, Chan. 
Uh, I'm going to bring this to a close. Uh, firstly, to thank uh, all four of you for being on. I know it's, uh, you know, it's a sacrifice, especially uh, Benji and Michelle. They only have a few days uh, here uh, in uh, Malaysia before they head back uh, to Osaka. Uh, and so every moment like this, you know, they could be spending it uh, with either family, friends, or even you know, ministry here. Uh, but uh, what a wonderful, wonderful uh, time to be able to hear from Michelle and Benji, uh, because they go also a long way uh, with us. Uh, so what a blessing. Mm. And now they are leading ex Osaka. And uh, to hear Benji say, you know, I want to take this back. Uh, some of these things I'm hearing today. Uh, and, uh, you know, even do more uh, for ex Osaka. And of course, Stephen and Chan, uh, our younger leaders, <laughs> uh, not as young anymore, but still young. Uh, and uh, thank you so much, you know, for uh, giving your uh, time to us Fantastic. today. Uh, and uh, for blessing us uh, even with your story uh, and uh, with your heart and uh, your faith. Um, I also want to just uh, pick up as I end up uh, with uh, what uh, Michelle said. Uh, she talked about small churches. And if you didn't know already, uh, my life and the ministry that I lead, and even for Chin Up Show, uh, we're all about championing small. Yeah. Mm. Uh, there are just very few big churches in Malaysia and God loves them as well and God is using them but God is for the small. He wants the small to happen even more. And not just the small but the small in small towns yeah. mm. where they have practically nothing. Mm. And sometimes they think they need those things to make yeah. a successful youth ministry. And what you've heard today is nothing to do with budget mm. uh, even though budget helps but there was no, nothing said about that because as you can see how these people turn out, it was not budget that made them who they are today. Uh, it was not what they uh, you know, had or didn't have in terms of external uh, beauty. Uh, they can remember that one person. They can remember time with that one person. They can remember that two persons that uh, brought them to church yeah. uh, faithfully doing it. Uh, they can remember the presence, the being there. They can remember you know, the opportunities that you gave them, uh, no matter how small uh, or great. Uh, and so I want all the small churches uh, to stress less yeah. uh, and to believe more yeah. and to have fun uh, doing youth ministry with what you have. And uh, that young people, they might seem like they want things, but at the end of the day, uh, their needs have never changed. Yeah. Mm. And if you can just touch those needs, God will bless your efforts and cause your youth ministry to be the youth ministry that pleases God and really makes a difference in young people's lives. That's all the time we have left. So thank you everybody for tuning in. God bless you. Uh, this is Kenneth Chin signing off from the Chin Up Show. Uh, please uh, send us a comment. Uh, tell us uh, what you think about the show. Uh, and of course, subscribe and give us a, a like. Till the next uh, show, God bless all of you. Take care.